just hit the record button. It's already been recording. God damn it. Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of... Sam and Kyle, see what's up. Perfect. Alright, what's going on, mate? You doing alright today? I'm doing alright. How about yourself? Fucking couldn't be better. If I was any better, I'd be twins. So anyway, guys, this is the show once a week where Sam and Kyle cruise the internet and pick out some headlines and we see what's up. So uh, yeah, you'll know. If you're just finding the show on Mondays, we have interviews with people from around the world of business. On Wednesdays, Kyle and myself go around the internet and see what we can uh, find to talk about that might be interesting. And then on Fridays, I give you guys the Friday fire, a little bit of monologue and some good shit for your weekend. So we record these on Mondays. Kyle, how was your weekend, pal? Pretty good, actually. I uh, went to the Texas A&M Maroon and White game. Oh, yeah? And got to go see the A and the B team playing against each other and see what the football team's going to look like this year. Was it fun? It was actually pretty fun. Yeah, I only stayed for the first half, but it was a good time. There was a lot of people in town this week. Mm-hmm. It was also a ring day and parents weekend. Oh, that's, that's probably so That explains. Why yeah, we, we live in, uh, in a college town. We live in College Station, and uh, the entire city revolves around the uh, the schedule of the school so there, there was a lot of folks in town this weekend i like I, to say that we're a, a drinking town with a football problem that is not untrue i was at the uh, i was at the george hotel on uh, on saturday night we uh, we played a piano show there and uh, um, it was packed and there was a lot of people uh, that, that were, were, were drinking and discussing the problem of football so yeah it was a anyway let's uh <laughs> Let's go see what's going on in the world. I like to talk about business and things and mindset and things, but there's so much shit going on in the world that uh, we felt it would be right to dedicate a, uh, a portion of the week to, uh, to talking about it. And uh, you get my view as a 41, almost 42-year-old European male that's lived in America for 20 years. And then you get Kyle's view, who's a kid with a skateboard. I am. I, Kyle's actually a lot more than that. Um, he's... He's a partner in Texas Media Foundry. Uh, he's been with us over three years. He got vested as partner uh, this last quarter, so I'm super proud of him for that. And he's, he's actually really fucking smart. But uh, um, he plays the skater kid role really well, so we'll just leave him at that. So uh, <laughs> what, did your, uh, what did your skateboard pick up on your travels this week, buddy? What's the first, what's the first headline we're going to discuss? So <laughs> from... <laughs> That? Yes. All right. So, what, what's up first on the menu? From uh, NBC News, we have the House of Representatives has passed an aid for restaurants, small businesses affected by COVID pandemic. Uh, it's a fifty-five billion dollar bill that would largely replenish a grant program created by the American Rescue Plan and provides assistance to restaurants. It seems it boy reads to me like they're just putting more money into a pool for COVID relief. The Restaurant Revitalization Fund. Yeah, like it's a, a big pool of money that they're replenishing, I believe. Look, it says uh, 43, $47 billion, $42 billion of it, I'm sorry, goes to the restaurants, and then $13 billion of it gets set aside for auditing, almost verifying of where the funds go. $13 billion. Do you know how much fucking money that is, man? It's more money than I will probably ever see. Well, it is with that attitude. Like, 
how are you ever going to see $13 billion if you don't make it intentional? So I'm worth $13 billion. We're going to go get it. Uh, that's, yeah, there's your mindset for the, the day. The first, the first rule to becoming a billionaire is to imagine yourself as a billionaire and think like a fucking billionaire. So no, you'll never see $13 billion with that attitude uh, unless, of course, you're a politician. But like $13 billion for administration and other shit. That, look. I like, can't imagine all of that's being spent dude, on. Like, it's a fucking racket. Like, they just write money into existence and then give it to their friends. To me, this is a... Like, you can't even sell this it's as a... fucking a, club and you're not a part of it. Exactly. And you can't even sell this as a relief or anything. Because, like, like it or not, COVID's over. Right. It, so, everything's opening back up. Even France has lifted their mask stuff. Like, it's... It's over. Like, you can't tell me that we still need $55 billion for restaurants and everybody's going out to eat again. Yeah. I did see that France had already surrendered in the Ukrainian war. Oh, <laughs> just get that one out I of there. I think that was day two. <laughs> like, oh, just like, we've seen this before. We don't want to do this again. <laughs> um, so, so, how do I get in that club? Um, yeah, I think that, that's it. I, I think, like, it's not that the, the system's broken. The system's a really good system. It's just like the people inside of it have figured out the rules a little better than the people on the outside. And they use these kind of aid, aid bills. Normally it's with, with a T. Normally it's trillions. Oh, we're going to pass this relief bill and that relief bill. But the money goes on the inside. The money goes to the friends. The money goes to the administrators of the programs, all that other shit. Once, once you figure that out, once you, you get into government, I mean, there, there needs to be audits and accountability of all this shit. And, yeah, man, if they ran... If, if we ran the country like a business, we'd be in a whole lot of fucking trouble. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the, the people that are $30 trillion in debt and climbing are the ones that grade you and give you a credit score, I mean, that just, it doesn't sit right with me. But let's look at the effects of COVID on small business. And, you know, are there any bars and restaurants out there that haven't already gone under that would have gone under? Most of the bars and restaurants that, are, that have survived have figured out how to survive. They made the pivot, and now they're surviving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we as a business took advantage of PPP loans twice last year. And actually, was it last year or was it 2020? I, I don't remember when they hit. I think The dark 20, times. I think it was 2020, actually, when they hit, not last year. But whatever. We, we took advantage of, of PPP loans to uh, uh, about $21,000 is what we took. I didn't, like, I didn't go the EIDL route and all that shit we just use the ppp to literally keep people at work and i don't feel bad with about that because i've paid in prior to that i paid in far more than 21 grand in payroll taxes mm-hmm. and after that i've paid in far more than 21 grand in payroll taxes so i don't feel bad for utilizing that money but man this is you want these guys to get grants you mm-hmm. want these yes guys to get and funds. it's you want these guys to get back on their feet but you got to think that the ones that were going to survive have already fucking survived. Exactly. They've already figured it out. It's We're on year three of this. If you haven't figured it out and you're surviving off PPP loans, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, maybe you shouldn't have a fucking restaurant. Like, I see so many people get into business that shouldn't be in business in the first place. Um, but, man, like, the restaurant industry especially got absolutely fucking gutted by this it got hammered by it and you know 
it's very difficult for me to believe in capitalism and say let the strong survive let the weak perish when in all honesty we've never seen anything like that before i mean we as a business we went for about five months without any fucking income whatsoever on the real estate side we we kept our real estate business going by funneling money f sorry we kept the media business going by funneling money from the real estate business and luckily um real estate only dipped for a second and people figured out that hey pandemic or not we still need places to live so you know i had another stream of income that supported the company if it wasn't for that then yeah media foundry probably wouldn't have existed um all this time but you've got to look at these bars and these restaurants and say the majority of people that are running them don't have the experience in business and those are the ones that went away those are the ones that went under the the, the restaurants that were already running lean or already struggling with profits or already struggling with cash flow and time management share those are the ones that went away um i think at this point anybody receiving money for for, for covid relief um i think it's fucking moot i think we're done with it like you should as a business owner have managed to unfuck your covid shit within 12 months of it going down so by spring of 2021 like you should have had it together you should have had the plan you should have pivoted you should have done all that shit you should have taken the loans then like every restaurant owner going to to go and delivering and online ordering and qr code menus and utilizing mailing lists and doing everything they could to be a part of the community and sell fucking food to people removing the problems of people that couldn't get food that wanted food they made it as easy as possible those are the businesses that survived Mm -hmm. And those now are the businesses that thrived. And the businesses that fucking died were the people that went, well, we can't sell any food, we better shut our fucking doors. Mm -hmm. And that's natural selection, mate. Mm -hmm. And it, it bothers me because I want to see every business survive and every business thrive. But I also know as, as a business consultant and, and more of a, a coach to business owners, I know that what creates ultimately successful people is adversity and failure and finding a path through that failure and the ones that gave up they don't deserve to be in the winner's circle mm -mm. so in, in my opinion what, what are your thoughts on it because you, you you're nodding along and shaking your shaking your head and nodding but i think there's some uh, i think there's some skateboarding wisdom somewhere in here you know well it's america was built on bleeding heart capitalism like mm -hmm. whoever pays more whoever has more money whoever has best product wins right America was also built on child labor. And I think we need to have safety nets. I think the COVID relief program, the PPP loans in the first year of COVID or whatever it was, were a fantastic idea. I think, you know, everybody's been paying their, their payroll taxes and all this money's been going somewhere for some reason. Yeah. Give it back out. Yeah, like absolutely. it's the time has come to use it to help everybody. But we're on year three at this point. It's you don't need extra money you should have figured this out like you said 24 months ago almost like it's i mean give a little credit to them. i mean we're, we're we're two two years and one month past past lockdown so we're 20 we? yeah we're 25 months into it but by the end of month eight nine ten you should have had it figured out mm -hmm. either shut up and gone home or like because 
Like, I don't think you should lose your business because McDonald's right there could afford to give out 30 cent hamburgers for three weeks and put you out of business. That's to me, that's the side of capitalism. That's not good. Right. But the side of capitalism where the customers are right, you you didn't do enough. You didn't for whatever reason, you're not making enough money right now. You maybe should shut your doors and try again. Or take your experience. Take your losses, yeah. Yeah. Or, take your or, losses, take your experience, go try again, or find somebody you want to work for. Well, I'm not suggesting to hire me for a second, um, but, man, hiring business coaches, when, when I... I built all my businesses by myself through sheer stubbornness and reading about it on the internet. Back in the day, you could pay to be a part of forums. I was on several forums about marketing and internet marketing and how to build websites and everything I built, I built myself. And yet, if I'd have had that drive and determination and a fucking mentor or two or three, see, I have three people right now that I pay to be a part of my ecosystem that are vastly more knowledgeable than me and have eight, nine figure companies whereas I have seven-figure companies. Mm -hmm. So my main thing right now, I've done it before, is to take my seven-figure companies and scale them to eight figures. Um, because I've done it before and because i got experience in doing it, I take my clients from six figures to seven figures, and I've got two clients now that we've scaled up to eight figures. Perfect, I've got a track record doing it. But what really accelerated my growth and what would have really helped a lot of business owners during COVID is to sacrifice your ego and make a call to somebody with a little bit more fucking experience than you in the space that can help guide you through it. Everybody thinks they're on their own and they got to carry this entrepreneur weight on their shoulders for the entire journey. Whereas in reality, every successful entrepreneur I've met loves nothing more than giving back to people on the coming up. So uh, if you're struggling with a restaurant, maybe you're not as good at business as you thought, because I thought I was really fucking good at business. And it's not for the last five years, really, that my eyes have really been opened. And shit, I built two fucking seven-figure companies as an alcoholic. Like, I think I'm better now, now with coaches and shit. Mm -hmm. And so someone in the restaurant industry that's struggling, maybe look to somebody more successful than you. I mean, fuck any industry. Like, you know how I get good at selling real estate? Go find the best fucking realtors I can and learn from them. Mm -hmm. Like, See what they're doing. Talk to them. Exactly. Put the Be right, in their circle. Put the right people in your network. Anyway, I don't think this is a fucking good idea. No, I, I don't think, think we need more money spent on this. No, well, it's, yeah, the problem is the money's free right now because they're just printing it. And that's hyperinflation. It's another fucking thing. Anyway. Uh, well, I mean, that's a nice segue to our next topic. So, hold on. Hold on. Before we get there, um, if you have chance of a grant for your small business, I highly recommend you take it. A grant does not need to be paid back. It's not a loan. If the government is giving out fucking grants, hire somebody that knows about grants, walk you through the grant process, and go and get your fucking money. Like, find a finance specialist that understands government grants and go get it. Don't do it yourself. It's worth paying for. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a great idea. I don't agree with it. But if the government's sitting there with their hand out and the hand is full of cash and they're saying, here are some grants for you to go succeed at your business, go get a grant and pay for a fucking coach with it. There. Problem solved. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> What's next? What's the next headline, Kyle? Well, uh, the next headline we have is from Reuters. I think that's how you say them. Reuters. But Reuters. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you're also British and you say garage, but... 
U.S. consumers up view of inflation, spending in coming year, NY Fed survey finds. I'm not certain what that actually says, but it means that we... Well, you've got the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. Okay, well, what's the right emphasis on the right syllable? I don't know. <laughs> God damn it. So U.S. consumers up view of inflation and spending in the coming year, New York Fed survey finds. See, you don't have the newscaster voice, Kyle. I don't work, have a newscaster work voice. Work on that with you. So it says, U.S. consumers... I have a voice for silent film. <laughs> you have a face for radio. That's uh, why you're so good at podcasts, mate. <laughs> U.S. consumers boosted their expectations for inflation and household spending in the year ahead of the... As a, of course they fucking did. Like... Uh, I, I don't even know who's in charge at this point. Like... In charge of... There's literally two choices, right? We're either run by a evil cabal that controls all of our money and is in doing this inflation as a fucking way to do a hard reset of our currency and move us on to a global currency and a new world order. Or we're flying through space at 17,000 miles an hour on a fucking rock and nobody's in charge. And both of those are, are, are terrifying, uh, equally terrifying. But I think that the inflation we're seeing is completely manufactured. Yeah, It's been done intentionally and on purpose. It says here, Americans are experiencing the worst bout of inflation in decades, and it's getting worse. Do you think that has anything to do with over 40% of all the dollars that were ever created in existence having been created in the last 24 months? I don't want to say that causation is... Like, this is like fucking simple economics. And the guys that are in charge of this are way smarter than me. And they know how this works. And so I'm just on the... I'm on the edge here. I'm on the precipice of thinking that now knowing how every war is a banker's war and knowing how the Russian military and the US military and the Ukrainian military are all funded by the same Rothschilds and the same fucking people. It just makes me think that this, all this inflation and this boom and bust shit, this cyclical shit, it's done on purpose as a way to transfer more and more and more wealth out of the middle classes and into the ruling classes. Uh, the price of gas, for example, um, Why is it still three seventy five a gallon? Because, <sighs> all right, I own an oil company. Yeah, it's my job as an oil company to sell my product and make as much profit as possible to pass to my shareholders. Correct. Right. Okay. So if the price of my commodity, of my raw commodity, goes up to where I am forced to charge four dollars per gallon for my finished fucking product. I'm charging $4 a gallon, and yet I look around and I see no decrease in demand, which then tells me that hmm, any time of the fucking week that I want, I can sell gas for $4 a gallon, provided everybody else sells gas for $4 a gallon. The market will bear it. So if the market bears $4 a gallon gas, my job as an oil company executive is to sell as much gas as possible for as much money as possible and pay as little as possible for my raw product. So, 
if the price of oil drops significantly, it benefits me immensely to keep the price of my finished products as high as possible, which mm -hmm. is why oil companies are seeing record profits over the last quarter. Record. Exxon posted its highest fucking profits ever. Because the price went up, they could justify the price increase, and now the wholesale price has gone down, but there is no reason whatsoever for them to bring that retail price down whilst enjoying these nice wide profit margins. That's how fucking business works, mate. That's why the price of gas is so high. But what it does is it's pinching the American consumer. So, for example, my truck, uh, before all this, I mean, you know, historically low, it was 50 bucks to fill it. I don't expect to fill my truck for that. But generally, my truck was about 70 bucks a fill, and I fill it twice a week. So I spend 140 bucks a week on gas. Now it costs $115 to fill my truck. So that's $45 more than it cost fucking, you know, six months ago. Well, twice a week, that's $90. So that just removed $400 a month, 4.33 weeks in a month, mm -hmm. that removed $400 a month from my household budget. Now imagine I've got two vehicles because I, I got um, a, a fucking partner lives at the house and she's driving. Well, she might not drive as much as me, but now I'm looking at $700, $800 a month difference in my household budget. And at a point in time where most American families are in debt and living paycheck to paycheck, a four to $600 a month swing in fuel costs alone is staggering. Then when you price in the fact that those fuel costs have been added to transportation costs for your 18 wheelers and your truckers and everything in this country moves on a truck, and then your manufacturing costs and every single price going up food my food bill is fucking 50 percent higher than it was this time last year nobody's talking about that the inflation in the supermarkets and not only is the price of things going up but the value of the dollar is going down at the same time so it just compounds, it compounds on itself this whole fucking thing mm -hmm. um i don't know where this ends mate See, I think it ends in, in tears, to be honest. I have a question about inflation. Okay. So, my dad's an accountant, and growing up, I always heard inflation was 2 3% a year. Mm -hmm. Why? Why Why is inflation a thing? Because... <laughs> just, just surface level. We don't need to have an hour and a half long okay. economics okay. discussion here. Okay, because there's more people being born every day. Yeah. And supposedly the same amount of dollars going around every day. So more people have more dollars. So the, the like... Okay, so it's just a... Shit. Sub so it's like, look, if I, if I want to buy a cup of coffee, and uh, it's $2 when we've got 200 cups of it and it's all run out. You might be like, well, shit, I'll pay you three bucks. Like, save me a coffee. I'll pay you a little bit more. So more people... More demand and more currency in the marketplace. More people, same dollars. Yeah, that's Got essentially, or even more dollars. Now, the dollars, like, when you're pegged to a standard like gold, then inflation happens much, much slower. Where the, the, the problem we've got is in 1971, the country was pulled off the gold standard, and we started using the full faith and credit of the U.S. government as the basis for our currency. That's what underwrote our currency. And the fact that we've got all these natural resources, we've got all the oil and gas and, you know, the petrodollar, that's mm -hmm. what underwrote our currency, but mm -hmm. it wasn't pegged to anything. So the price of oil goes up, the price of the dollar goes up, right? 
it's all fucking tied into itself instead of being pegged to to gold or to silver or to a standard um, everything can move and so as you add more people to the equation and you add a fiat currency that's not backed by anything except shit we imagine then naturally people have more money and there's more people therefore there's more demand therefore the prices go up and that's inflation is it possible to get back onto an actual backup yes um but is it possible without a shitload of tears uh no, no and that's you, why you keep seeing entire this term, that we have yeah that's why you keep seeing this term the great reset floating around um where they would just like say fuck it we got this wrong and put everyone back to zero and start a new currency and you want to talk about a clusterfuck but it's happened it's it's happened in history i mean there's there's fucking examples of it all the time where um countries go through hyperinflation their currency becomes absolutely fucking worthless people are wandering around with wheelbarrows full of cash trying to buy bread because in in, in a time where money's worthless what becomes what becomes valuable what you can do food, what you can offer to food, your neighbors shelter water like basics bare essentials become valuable fuel and food and water they become literally the most fucking tradable commodities and money is worthless money's only worth money because we agree it's worth money <laughs> that's the that's the, the trick man and then one day they just pull the curtain down and you see the back wall of the theater and you go oh fuck like we wasted like it's just it's just made up so i don't know man this i don't i don't see this ending well um i see this actually ending in tears and probably with like just looking at it now as as india has started buying uh oil and gas in rubles and fucking china has started buying oil and gas off of the petrodollar and you know you think we're all the shit with nato and stuff but you don't realize all the other countries have alliances too mm -hmm. that don't include us you know what the fuck is to stop india russia and china forming their own trade association and trading exclusively with each other outside of the u.s i honestly think they should i but when they do and they have and they start trading off of the petrodollar then our money becomes worthless and maybe that'll be our wake-up call to fucking fix it oh god i just i i think we're in for a bumpy ride i don't like <laughs> it um i've got some silver i've got some ammo i don't want to be like you're a fucking prepper and shit but like it probably wouldn't probably wouldn't hurt to put a couple of cases of ramen noodles in the closet and uh, a couple of cases of ammo um, you know and uh, ramen on top you don't want the noodles to get crushed that's true but like my plan for like the fucking fall of America is just to go find weak fucking people with no guns and rob them and take their shit mm -hmm. I'm strong you're not sorry mm -hmm. too bad <laughs> I mean <laughs> that's not really big fucks little <laughs> that's not really what I'm gonna do you know, I'd, be a, I'd make a really good warlord. I mean, the first place I'm going to go is the Toyota dealership. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Can we call it Toyotathon? That's our new country. <laughs> Load up on Tacomas and mount 50 cows on the back. I mean, we got technicals. <laughs> anyway, shit. I, I don't like the way that that's going. Look, you know, here's what I'm doing, man. I know it's important to talk about this shit. And I know it's important that we're all aware of it and that we make plans accordingly. Um, but at the same time, it's also very important that you don't spend all day thinking about this shit mm -hmm. because where your mind goes is where your energy flows. And so what I'm trying to do is say, look, we are still in an amazing era of peace and prosperity. There is much hay to be made while the sun is shining. So don't worry about this shit. Acknowledge its existence and get on with your life. 
like stack fucking cash like mm-hmm. get out there pull your finger out your ass and start stacking cash and just know that it's gonna rain but what you do when it rains you buy an umbrella you leave it in the fucking closet and when it rains you've got your umbrella mm-hmm. it's as good as advice as I can give you alright what's the next headline pal we gotta crack on with these from the US news we've got the UK treasury chief fights to save reputation in a tax storm so the I US, wanted to bring this one up because you are British and the US have a fun. news is covering UK news yes I did think that was a little bit um so what's once seen as a potential candidate for prime minister so what's his name even how do you say his fucking name that's like the most British name I've ever heard Rishi Sunak um he appears to be I would say Indian descent he looks Indian, Indian or, Pakistani. or Pakistani. Now, that's not unusual to have an Indian or Pakistani in government in Britain. Um, like, in post-war Britain, um, immigration from India and Pakistan was extremely high. The yeah. fact that they are um, fucking former colonies and shit. So it's not unusual to see Indian people in, uh, in positions of power in, in British government. Not at all. Um, <clears throat> British Treasury Chief, uh, once seen as a potential candidate for Prime Minister, like... The guy they've got as prime minister right now, Kyle, like... Is that Boris Johnson? Like, Remy could outthink him. Like That's Boris Johnson? Yes. Okay. He is, like, oh, Jesus Christ. So, like, a really good example of a patsy that's in that position and being told what to do by other people. He, he is about as fucking witless as Joe Biden. He's completely controlled. Um, and he does whatever the fuck he's told. Like, this is why you don't want me as prime minister... Because you won't do what you're Dude, told. I'd throw all this. Sh- I can't be bought. Like, there's just not enough. Like, I have everything I want, right? So I run for fucking political office, and I'll stand up and tell you the truth. Like, I, I actually got like, I actually got looked at sideways on a political campaign that we were working on, and I'm no longer working on it. Um, and here's why. So, <laughs> interesting segue. Um, like, the donors. I'm like. Why don't you endorse these people? Oh, well, I can't come out and say that because then that would be favoritism. Like, why don't you fucking say it and say this is the favoritism? So I'll give you an example, right? Let's say there's, uh, let's say there's a business that wants to get a bill passed, all right? Well, the politician's job is to represent his constituents and what they would like. Mm-hmm. So if... I come out and say, hey, I'm Sam, and I have Living College Stations Real Estate Company, and I endorse Kyle for mayor. And you come and you say, hey, you know, my friend Sam endorsed us for mayor. He's really well known. He owns a real estate company, and he's trying to do this development over here. And if you vote for me, I will make sure that this development gets looked at for Sam. That's how this works. That's mm-hmm. how politics works. Sam has committed $5,000 to my election campaign to help me put a message out to you guys about why his project is so important. If you'd like me as a councilman to look at his project, go vote for me. He's paying for this advert. And if you vote for me, I'll take a look at that project because that's how this works. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Why wouldn't a politician stand up and say that? That's how it fucking works. I don't know. It's your job as a politician to represent the will of the people that you are put in office to represent. Exactly. And it's like when so, they give you money to help you get in yes. office, you hide it like it's some big exactly. secret. So if I say, hey, 
my name is Kyle and I'm running for mayor and this is Sam and he owns Living College Station and they're really keen on putting this development in South College Station. If you vote for me as mayor, I will do everything within my power to help these guys push this development through and to bring jobs and to bring opportunity for the south end of town and that's why I think that I should be mayor. Mm -hmm. And if the town doesn't yeah, agree that's a good idea, they won't vote they for you. Agree. Oh my god, dude, we would like... Nobody in politics is authentic. And that's another reason I'm not on the campaign is because I will not fucking stand up there and lie. Mm -mm. I won't put out a video that says anything. I won't, I won't even bend the fucking truth mm -mm. because you can't buy me. I won't tell a half truth. I have learned through years of lying and years of trying to be someone I'm not that the only way forward with this is full fucking authenticity. BC, you know why I'm not the best realtor in the world? Because I'm authentic, because I say fuck, because I won't stick my tongue up a client's ass to, 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 so they'll fucking do whatever. I, I just won't do it. I won't. I won't be compromised like that. They're, I will, all right, but they got to pay. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle's just sitting here, like, you know, I mean. Blinking at the whole tongue of the ass comment. I mean, you know, like, it's like sticking it on a nine volt battery. You know you want to, but it might make you jump. It's going to shock a little like, bit. tingles a little bit, yeah. Um, then it goes numb. Anyway, um, right. So back to the article. Um, Britain's Treasury chief um, fighting to save his reputation by requesting an investigation of his own conduct of a series of news reports on his family's finances raised questions about his judgment. Rishi Sunak, a 41-year-old former hedge fund manager, asked Prime Minister Boris Johnson to direct his advisor on ministerial standards to review all the disclosures Sunak had made such as his wife taxes. Look, it's a big fucking club. You're not in it. It's a big bucket. They all piss in it, right? Every single fucking politician is on the take one way or another. It's impossible not to be. That's how this works. The only way you can make it work better is full disclosure on the shit you're taking. I'm like, hey, um, I'm representing Sam with Living College Station. He contributed $10,000 to my election campaign. He wants this subdivision down here, and it's my duty as your representative, if you vote for me, I'm going to further this subdivision, and we're going to look at it in court this week. Mm -hmm. That's Why can't you be fucking honest? Why wouldn't you say that? I don't I don't understand why that, there's a hesitation yeah. to say that. I got paid $200,000 by Pfizer to tell you all this vaccine was safe, so I'm telling you it was safe. Mm -hmm. Period. Why can't they just say that out loud? Because that's it's, a, it's almost like when they won't tell you who's paying them to say something. Yeah, I, I, it's when you should be sus of what they're saying. Look, full disclosure in politics. Let's fucking exactly. do it. Like the political the, system, we've they got, should wear the patches like NASCAR. The system we've got isn't broken. The system works as designed. It's just the fact that the people inside of the system have figured out how to play the rules, and they got to fucking go. This country needs to be run by people that want to serve, mm -hmm. not people that are out to profit. When I, when I see people coming out of college and go into young Republican shit and then, you know, interning, like they want their entire career to be politics, I think that's fucking bullshit. No. I think you should go and have a career, go and be a success in the fucking world, and then donate your time to politics as a way to serve your community and to serve this fucking country. And the best thing that you can do for this country is to be the best person you can be and to make sure all the people around you are working towards being the best people they can be. 
because if you're the best you can be and if everybody comes into contact with is the best they can be or you're helping them that's how to build a better fucking country mm-hmm. i think it'd be awesome to be president because i know that i don't know everything mm-hmm. but i do know at least somebody who knows a lot about every cabinet position uh-huh. and i could probably go hey uh, you're very smart. Would you come sit with me at this big round table and help me make some decisions? The only problem I'd have with pre- being president is what to do with all the 12-year-old boys and girls that they ship into the White House on taxpayer money. Um, you just put the return to sender label and then Wayfair has a whole lot of them. Way- Wayfair gets rid of them for you? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that needs looking at as well. There's a reason uh, the Mariana Trench is so deep. Fuck, man. Disney as well. You see that shit? Disney's up to it? Disney coming out. Like, you look at all the hidden fucking shit in Disney's movies and child trafficking. You know SpongeBob's driver's license? The address on SpongeBob's driver's license is Jeffrey Epstein's fucking house. Is it actually? Hold on. Look it up, man. I swear to God. (laughs) There's literally no way. Fact check from from Reuters. Check it, Jamie. I'm going to call you Jamie. It's not Jeffrey Epstein's Caribbean Island. That's it's from Reuters not. fact checking. Okay, all right. Well, I say it's Sam. What, what's his address? His address is. I'll pull up an image of it. His. We got to find. His this. address is one twenty four Conk Street, Bikini Bottom. Conk Street. Conk Street. Oh, right. Well, Conk. It's the show. Yeah, Conk. It's a hard C sound. It's not. Ch- it's not a C H at the end. It conch? is Conk. I I, it was I I felt very, very. Informed when I said conch, and then someone was like, "You're an idiot. It's conch." All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fact check that again because I don't believe Reuters. All right, (laughs) (laughs) okay. All right. Well, so I guess for the last uh, kicking out disinformation left and right, (laughs) (laughs) the the last one we've got the uh, the our last segment of the show we like to call super cool or shut up fool. Uh, yes. Where we, we dig around, we find something a little more lighthearted, and we talk about it. We like to end our show on this, so it's not all doom and gloom, conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat stuff. We've got from NPR. I like tinfoil hat stuff. I do, too. I think they're pretty – let me bring out your eyes. Um, <laughs> for Three visitors heading to the space station are paying $55 million each, all meals included. My first question, would you take a trip to the space station? No. Why? Because as you look at the sky and you think about how wonderful it would be to be up there and you wish you were up there, you've never actually been up there and had something go wrong and wish like a motherfucker you were back on the ground. I would rather wish I was on the space station and have my feet on the ground and wish I was on the ground and had my feet in the fucking space station. I feel like for $55 million, you have a pretty good guarantee that you're no, going to you get know, your feet I mean, back on the ground. Things blow up. Yeah, oh, it's a rocket. It's all a continuous blow up. I, I do not want to strap it's myself directed. to a, I, I will not seatbelt into a controlled explosion. Like, you know, there's lots of SpongeBob driver's licenses. Are there? Have yeah. they changed his driver's license a bunch? 27 times, 27 different addresses. He has 27 addresses? That's what it says. Good I, I don't lord. Know, some, I, I gotta get off this Spongebob fan site. <laughs> that needs more research. We'll, we'll, assign that to a, we'll assign that to Taylor. She can look at that this week. I'm not <laughs> digging through all of Spongebob's fucking addresses. Um, Alright. $55 million to go to the space. I'm glad meals are included. Well, yeah, I would hope so for that price tag. Um, No. 
I just I couldn't fancy it, mate. I just couldn't. It no. seems I could not get fucking drunk enough to sit still in a rocket. No, like no, why no? Just like there's no fucking way that no. What, would you? Yes, a hundred, a thousand percent. Why? Uh, because I would like to say, hey, I'm Kyle. I've been strapped to a rocket and I've been to the space station. I'm like, yo. That is. It does not matter where I am. I can get laid that night. There he goes. Homeboy fucked the Martian. Exactly. (laughs) The first guy guy to impregnate an alien. Not that the aliens haven't been impregnating us for years. (laughs) Alien sex is out of this world. (laughs) Well, like, fucking Mary. Like, Jesus. Like, watch him drop that on us next. Uh, The virgin birth. Well, Jesus was actually an alien. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I thought she was just a really good liar. I was like, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. It's my story and I'm sticking... Um, Probably use that poop hole loophole or some shit. <laughs> Jesus. But um, no, I wouldn't ride on a fucking rocket to the space station, mate. I think that, like... Man, no. My my days of, of imagining, like, flying on a rocket to the moon and shit... Like, plus, when you get to the moon, what's there? Like, Nothing. Can't the, even get like a cheeseburger or shit. See, like There's I got to thinking. The I got to thinking about what it would be like to do this. There's windows, right? They obviously would let you look out and see. Like on your right, you'll see the or- orbit. Um, advertising. I want floating space billboards. I mean, if if you had the balls for it, surely you could paint the moon. Oh. Like if you painted it red and wrote Coca Cola on it every day. Dude. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> it would be like really big letters, but the ultimate billboard would be the. Movie. That'd be awesome. Um, oh man, I I couldn't I couldn't go to. Why would you spend fifty five million dollars? Because like, you have multiple billion dollars, and that's nothing. But like, I do much cooler shit. I feel like space station is pretty cool, but I mean, again, teach their own. Nah, man, I'd 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 put it into youth education. I I really want to like impact generations and shit i even if i had all the money of jeff bezos like if i had jeff bezos's money first thing i'd be doing is like right no more student loans like because what would it take like the stroke of a pen and fucking 30 seconds like Mm -hmm. i mean fuck man check to the irs for however much these people don't like you they don't love you like fucking i hope i hope you guys unionize over there at amazon i hope you get paid a little bit more money for the shit you do uh, two of my buddies I'm in Discord with work at an Amazon warehouse. Yeah. They hate it. Yeah. Tell me about your job. My job's actually incredible. Mm-hmm. I get to do Photoshop pretty much every day, and Photoshop's kind of my bread and butter if you've ever actually talked to me. It just makes me happy to click buttons and push pixels around my screen. I get to run around all over the country and go take videos of cars and trucks, and we're going up to... Can I talk about the yeah, Chicago? Yeah, We're go going up it. to Chicago at the end of April to go shoot some some photos and some video for a, a gun company. Yeah, so we're going to shoot custom ARs and custom film it a- and, get, yeah. and get paid for it. Yeah. Shoot and shoot. Way better than working at Amazon. It's incredibly good. I like Every single time we go out on a shoot, I stop and say, damn, this is my job. There you go. And so that's what, as a business owner, that's what I strive to do with every fucking employee that works for me. However... Anyway, you'd never get your fucking skateboard on the space station. No, but can you imagine how high you could kickflip? Oh, that's true. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I've heard Space Odyssey, and it all goes wrong at the end, and Major Tom dies, and you're just like, yeah, I don't think I fancy it. Like, you It's a good thing your name is Sam. Yeah, but, like, if you're on the ground and something fucks up, you can get out, and you're like, oh, 
thank God I'm on the ground. Right. But if you're in the sky and something fucks up, you can't get out. If you're in space and something fucks up, well, shit, you might as well just like, you're done. Nah, I think ah, it's super cool. It's really fucking cool that we live in the future and that people can pay to go to space. I think it's super fucking cool. Um, but it's not for me, mate. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. It's I'll I'll enough. FaceTime you from space. Space time. Space time. <laughs> all right, and on that note, it's about time we got back to work. Um, guys, all the links for the news articles in today's show will be posted in the show notes. Um, if you've enjoyed hanging out with me and Kyle, this is like, I podcast a lot, being on my own show and then doing shows with other people. This is hands down the most fucking fun I have during a week just discussing stuff that's in the news and chopping it up with Kyle. I love his, uh, I love his fucking insights. You got anything else to add or are you about to just uh, skateboard on out of here? Pal? I'm just going to skateboard on out of here. All right. Well, that's it for today. You'll be good. Stay safe and uh, tune in on Friday for this week's Friday Fire. Peace out. Do you skate left foot or right foot? Are you goofy or normal? Dude, I fucking fall off every time. Okay. I'm terrible. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.